Rejoice in the Lord always and again. I say rejoice because this is the Sabbath day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it because the Lord is merciful. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is slow to anger for he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. But as high as the heavens are above the earth, as far as the east is from the west, so hath the Lord separated us from our iniquities. I don't know about you, but I am so happy about that. And we just want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise worship service today. We trust that it would truly be a blessing to you. And we want you to invite someone, start a watch party, wave to us, let us know that you're watching today because today is truly going to be a blessing. You know, we live in some serious times, some challenging times. Like the old song says, if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need him right now. And I'm so glad in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, if my people who are called by my name would simply humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he says, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. And the most thing we need is to heal our land. Our land needs to be healed physically, socially, emotionally, physically, every which way it needs healing today. And so we want you just to turn your eyes on Jesus right now. Prepare your hearts as we, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Sister Jan is going to lead us today in prayer. May we bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful Sabbath day, God, for an opportunity to praise and worship you. We're thankful that you are such a loving and kind Heavenly Father. So much seems to be falling apart around us, God, but we know that you're in control because you spoke this very world into existence. And even though Satan is wielding his power in terrible ways, we know that the victory has already been won. Lord, we thank you for our many blessings and we ask that you will help us to always remember and acknowledge that every good thing we have is a gift from you. We thank you for sustaining us through this pandemic, the civil unrest, the political turmoil and confusion, Lord. And we pray that you will help us do our part to relieve suffering, to meet the needs of our neighbors, to be politically aware and active as good citizens. Lord, we ask that you will bring comfort and peace to those who've lost loved ones, that you will give them a supernatural strength to endure. And even in the midst of so much pain and so much loss, God, we can praise you this morning for the blessing of new life in our family. Lord, we ask that you will help us to honestly examine our characters, our motives, our conversations, and forgive us for everything that dishonors you. And please help us to give the Holy Spirit full authority in our lives, God, to make whatever changes need to be made so that we represent you well. God, we know that you know every detail of each life intimately, and you know the needs that we have and you know what we need to be made whole. 
And so we bring our spiritual, our emotional, our physical burdens before you, God, because you said to cast all our cares on you because you care for us. And that is what we do in faith this morning. Lord, we may not always understand your process or even your timing, but help us to always trust your perspective. God, we lift our speaker this morning asking that you will anoint him with the Holy Spirit as he brings wonderful words of life to us, words that will bring hope, encouragement, and enlightenment. And I pray that you will give us a powerful passion for people so that we will share what we have learned today. And God, when you return, please help each of us to be ready to go home with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My dream was music. I had spent all of my time after college working my way up to get to a point where I could become a successful musician, become a somebody in the world of music. I had finished a full pop soul album. I had applied for tour funding. Locations were set. In that moment, it was like I could look into my own future and I saw myself getting everything that I wanted. I saw myself on stages, uh, accepting awards. And the first question that I asked was, then what? It's not enough. It wasn't enough to fill me up. And in that moment, I made a decision to follow the unknown, the invitation of where God was leading in my life. And so that night I decided to quit. And I remember sitting at my desk one morning and hearing that still small voice of God say, uh, give it to me, I have something else for you. And I, I remember asking, are you sure? And just hearing that still small voice again, give it up to me, I have something else for you. I had given the thing that identified me away and at this point I was asking God to open a door for where I could go next. Now nursing wasn't the first choice or, or if I'm being honest, anything that was on the list of my expectations. I had no intentions of doing music ever again, but as a songwriter, slowly songs would start coming out. It's, it's an interesting concept with songs because you don't know where they come from, but it's kind of out of the well of whatever you're experiencing. So as I started working in ER trauma, there were these, these cases or situations that would really impact me and the way I knew how to process it was through writing music. I remember the first time I was in a trauma room by myself and I had a patient pass away and I had to really wrestle with that concept of what do you do with someone, what do you do when someone has experienced life and death in front of you? And I remember going home and, and thinking, what are my options? Uh, I can harden my shell a little bit and next time it won't impact me as much, but that's not what I came here for. So I remember really sitting with what happened and, and, and just being inspired to pick up my guitar. I picked up my guitar and I wrote this song and it was one of those songs that just came out. The song was called Love Remains and the idea was that with all that I've seen in that place, with all that I had experienced in the ER and, and seeing all of the worst of humanity, there was still this silver lining that always existed that was come what may, whatever the worst is, love still remains and there's never a way to blot it out. The question that I started asking when music came back together was, what does the gospel look like? What does the gospel feel like? What is the kingdom of heaven present mean? And I think my goal for music is to answer that question not only in the songs, 
but kind of what the songs create. I don't know what the future holds, and I'm, I'm completely comfortable with that. Because I've come to a place where I don't need to know what the future holds or how the story unfolds. I've gained a relationship with, with the author of the story, and I know based off of my relationship with God that the story will go according to, to the character that, that God has. I'm a steward because God is the author of my story. Okay, Paul. Praise the Lord, saints, for that stewardship nugget there. We are all stewards. We should be faithful in our giving. Well, we're blessed once again to have one of the hardest working men in our conference to be speaking with us, a man of God and a person of pastor evangelist, Christian Josiah, who has just been a blessing to our conference. And I just so appreciate his diligence, his service and commitment to the Lord and to this conference. And we just wanna thank him for allowing the Lord to use him as an instrument of his grace and today we have a very, before he comes, we have a very special guest this morning, person who was known throughout, just a beautiful anointed voice, the person of Sister Sharice Lewis, gonna bless us. After you have heard her sing, you will hear the pastor evangelist, Christian Josiah, hear ye him, be yeah. blessed.
Come on, somebody out there. Somebody ought to put their hands together right now where you are. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, that he is right there in the midst. And we have come together virtually to thank the Lord. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Reese, for that word in song. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for me. I don't know about you guys, man, but I get excited when I think about the goodness of Jesus, even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of a, of a, of a world where there's racial tension and racism, uh, the Bible says we ought to bless the Lord. Come on, somebody, at all times. And, and his praises shall continually be in our mouths. Man, let me tell you something. I appreciate uh, your first elder, Elder Paul Harris, every time he reaches out. Uh, every time we get together and I see myself uh, at the Tabernacle of Praise, I get excited. I said, man, that means they don't mind having me come back. Come on, say amen. You know, and so I appreciate the invitation. And it's good to be here in the house of the Lord, the, the virtual house of the Lord with my top family this morning. Uh, if I may, if I just want to give you a couple of updates on, on some stuff that's going on today. Um, the shift, seeing him in frustrating times for our young people, for our youth and our young adults uh, at, at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. today, uh, we got a special guest speaker that's going to be with our young people. So at four o'clock, if you go directly to the conference website or you go on our YouTube channel, CSC Conference, uh, you will see the shift for all of our youth and our young adults, you can't miss this one. I'm not even gonna tell you who's the special guest. You gotta click on, so four o'clock Central Time. And then at 6 p.m. Central Time, there's gonna be a Black Lives Matter 2 virtual rally. All of the NAD parallel directors from around this, this, this nation, the North American Division, we're gonna be a part of that uh, rally. It's a virtual rally. Uh, today, July the 18th is Nelson Mandela Day. Some of y'all may not have known that. Today is Nelson Mandela Day. Uh, and so we want to invite you at 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 Eastern. Uh, you can also find that link on our conference website. Or you go to my Facebook page. If you're my friend, hopefully you are my friend. If you're my friend, you can go there. You can register. you got to register to be a part of that rally. And then there's going to be some small group participation, et cetera. Uh, so if you're my Facebook friend, uh, you can go there and you can register. Uh, don't go now. Wait till the word is done. Amen. Uh, but afterwards, and that's at 6 p.m. Central Time. So at 4 p.m., we got something for the youth. And at 6 p.m., uh, for, for those who want to be a part of that Black Lives Matter 2 virtual rally on this day, Nelson Mandela Day. Uh, I know you're ready for the word. If, if I was in a church house, I would ask you the question, are you ready for the word? You can hit a like in Facebook or you can uh, open up your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 15, 
verses 8 through 10. There's only three verses that we're going to focus in on today, but I believe that there's a powerful uh, word from the Lord today through uh, the author Luke uh, and the words of Christ. In Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, if you got your Bibles, like a hard copy, or if you got your smartphone or your, your tablets, go with me to Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. It may pop up on your screen. There it is as well. The Bible says, uh, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This morning, for a few moments, we want to look at the subject lost and found in the house. Lost and found in the house. Pray with me, Father God, this is your word. Lord, I pray that you will give it power, you will give it life. Hide me behind your cross, and may your people not hear my voice, but may they hear the voice of Jesus, Lord. And may we ask that question, what must we do to be saved? Lord, I pray today that we will not just have been readers of the word uh, and hearers of the word and listeners to your word, but Lord, help us to be doers of your word. And now, Lord, I pray that you would let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. In the name of Jesus, let all God's children said amen and amen again. Have you ever lost your own child in your own house? I, I, boy, I wish I could see those hands raised right now. Some of y'all may not admit it, uh, but, 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 but have you ever been in, at home you know, with your own baby one-year-old or, or two-year-old or, or, or three-year-old, and, and you know they're in the house because the, the, the doors are locked and the, the windows are closed and the garage is down and, uh, and, and you know you're in there uh, and you don't have to say amen, but just, just remember that time where you turned around and that baby uh, or that toddler had got to the place where they could climb out of the crib. Y'all y'all not hearing me today. I, I, I've had some athletic uh, babies and in my life, I'm not gonna say which one. It's something y'all y'all know all three of my all, all four of my kids and, and three of the baby girls uh, right there in St. Louis and, uh, and 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 one of them got to the point where they could they could acrobatically climb out of the crib without assistance. And uh, I don't know if you ever been there, but 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 you knew they were in the house, but but they were lost in the house. They 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 found themselves in a in a cupboard somewhere or under a bed somewhere or 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 or, or, or hiding behind a couch somewhere and uh they weren't making any sounds and you didn't know what was going on and and your heart began to skip a a, a, a beat and uh and and you almost lost your mind and you dare not call your husband or your wife to let them know that you can't find little johnny you can't find little susie come on y'all uh is it possible Let's come on with that. Let's take that analogy to the next level. Is it possible 
for someone, a man or a woman, boy or girl, to, 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 to be among many in the house of God, many that are, are, are saved by the blood of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost. Can somebody be in that environment, in the household of faith, and still be lost? Is it possible for someone to be in the house and, and not recognize that they may be in the house, but they are lost in the house? Is it possible that someone that someone can be lost in the house, watch this now, and the owner of the house or the leaders of the house, whether it be the pastor or the elders or the board members or the ministry leaders, can somebody be lost in that house and, and the leaders also not recognize that that individual who may be on the books uh, and may be coming to church or maybe joining virtually on on, on, on Facebook or, or Instagram or Twitter or, or, or YouTube, uh, they, may, they may be a, a person that's in the, in the chat room, but, but they're still lost. If you've answered yes to, to any one of those possibilities, I believe that this short three-verse passage provides all the answers and the remedies, hallelujah, that we need today. Now, before we begin answering the questions, that I just posed, let's take a look at the context of the situation that Jesus finds himself in in our scripture today. According to verses one and two of Luke chapter 15, the Bible says that all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. Verse two says, and the Pharisees and scribes complained. Check it out. So the sinners are drawn to Jesus, all of the tax collectors and all of the riffraff, all of the, the folk that be hanging out down there by the corner, all Pookie Ray Ray and all of them uh, that be drinking on, on, the, on, on the corner, man, and doing what they do. All the sinners, all the people that we, that we, we uh, assume uh, are not worthy of the blood of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is hanging out with all of these sinners and the Pharisees, the leaders uh, of the religious sect, of that day, the people who claim to be holy, they complain. Come on, that's a problem right there. They complain. What did they say? Saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. The, 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 the religious leaders complained that Jesus was hanging out with some sinners. According to Luke chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, Jesus is, a, is being accused of receiving sinners and eating with sinners and talking to sinners and worshiping with sinners and, and, and befriending sinners. One, another portion of the gospels, they, 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 they accused him of being a drunk and a glutton because he was always at a party. Come on, say, man, y'all not hear me. He was always hanging around at a party or a wedding. Uh, he was always around people who were, 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 were maybe uh, leading nefarious lifestyles and, and they are calling him out, watch this, they're, they're calling him out. Jesus is being called out for having a heart of compassion and love for sinners, all types of sinners, sinners that some of you are around every day, sinners that unfortunately some of you may shun every day. But can I inform you real quick uh, today that when you woke up this morning, come on, before you even knelt down to pray, you yourself 
are a sinner saved by the grace of God. Uh, and, and if it be uh, truth be told, if, if, if we complain about Jesus hanging around sinners like the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, we got to be careful because maybe Jesus shouldn't be hanging around us. Mercy, let's think about that. Isaiah 53 says that all we like sheep have gone astray. All we, uh, that's right, Pastor J included, all we like sheep have gone astray and we have gone from our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So, so, so today, I just want to uh, bust somebody's bubble. You are just a sinner saved by grace. You are just dressed up dirt. You are, you, you, your first name is sinner and your last name is saved by grace. Come on, say amen. Uh, and, and so, and, and so in light of this reality, in light of, of, of this context, in light of these complaints and accusations from the Pharisees and the scribes, Jesus doesn't defend himself. Ooh, well, I wish more of us would be like Jesus. Jesus, Jesus doesn't go off about how he was sent from the Father, and you know he is the uh, he 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 was there in the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He doesn't talk about his throne and glory. What Jesus does is he shares three parables regarding how some are lost and how some are found. So 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 he wants to get to this 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 thing about these sinners. He's he's not defending himself. You know, he, he doesn't care about his own reputation, but but he, but he has to make a point. And so out of this, this accusation, this complaint about Jesus hanging around sinners, the parable of the lost coin becomes sandwiched. It is sandwiched between two other parables. The lost sheep, the lost sheep, the sheep that strayed away and was sought after. That's the first parable that he shares. And, and how the shepherd left the 99 and went to get the one. I could talk about Black Lives Matter, you know, for a moment. You know, I can talk about how the 99 is not that they didn't matter, you know, because all the sheep mattered. But 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 the one black sheep, hey, hey, that one sheep that was lost was in danger. That and, and so that sheep mattered as many as, as much as the 99. So Jesus tells a parable about the lost sheep. And then the lost coin, and then he ends it with what we refer to as the parable of the lost boy or the prodigal son who willingly left, but was always loved and was welcomed back home. You see, the the, the sheep noted that knew it was lost, and but it couldn't find its way back, and so it needed the shepherd. The boy uh, knew he was lost and recognized he was lost and found his way back. But but the coin is a little different. The coin is a little different today for at least three reasons and circumstances that I like to share with you this morning. I'll share these three things and I'll get out of your way. In verse eight, Luke chapter 15, going to our, 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 our passage uh, of study today, the Bible says, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. Point number one, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, point number one, this woman recognized 
the coin is still valued by the owner. Point number one, based on verse eight, the coin is still valued by the owner. Well, well, how do we know that? How do we know that? First, the owner recognizes the lostness of the coin because she is keenly aware that she was in possession of all 10 silver coins. Don't miss this. The coin is still valued by the owner because she recognized that it was lost. The fact that those, number one, are silver coins means that each coin is valuable. If I, if I was in a church building, I would say, turn to your neighbor and say, and say, and say I've got value. That's right. That, that, that coin is valuable. And simply because it is lost does not change its value. I'm going to slow down real quick right here. Just because the coin is in a state of lostness does not mean it has been devalued. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If, if, I were, if I were in a congregation, uh, I would try to pull out a $100 bill uh, and, and see if I can trust some of the saints. So, so what I would do with that $100 bill is I would ball it up real tight. I would, I, I would squeeze it and, and crumple it up and it, and it looks all messed up and, you know, and, and, and maybe I'll, I'll put some, some, some pen marks on it, you know, and, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there like a piece of trash. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and stomp on it, you know, and then I'll throw it out to the congregation uh, and see how many people be like, no, nah, I don't want that. That's a piece of trash. No, uh, because it's balled up uh, and looks all scuffled up doesn't mean that that Benjamin has lost its value. Uh, as a matter of fact, a silver coin in, in, these, in, in, this, in this time in Middle Eastern history was, uh, scholars say it was about a day's wage, another word for it was drachma. Uh, so that, that one silver coin, that drachma was about a day's wage. And I did some, some calculation. Uh, right now you can get a temp job, at least right here in the, in the Kansas City area for about 12 to $15 an hour. Uh, that's pretty good, that's better than minimum wage. Uh, but if you get with the right temp agency, you can get a factory or a factory job for about 12 to $15 an hour. If we go with the $12 per hour and it's a day's wage and you work in an eight hour shift, uh, you're looking at, a, at $96 uh, per day, right? So, so, so this, this woman has lost something of value. It's valuable to her. She needs this coin just, just to, 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 to survive and, uh, and, and, and to take care of her family. The lost coin is still valuable, is still as valuable as the nine that are not lost. The reason that Jesus could comfortably hang with sinners and even be accused of being a drunk and a glutton is simply because he recognized and he always believed that all people without the shedding of his blood, which was coming down the line, all people will be lost without him going to Calvary. If we were the only sinner on the planet, we would still be of value to Christ and he still would have died to save us. Somebody ought to praise God right now that if you were the only one in St. Louis or wherever you're watching from, if you were the only person that had eaten that fruit, 
from the tree of life. You can't blame Eve no more. You can't blame Adam no more. If it was only you that had thrown the world into sin and everybody was acting right and doing right, Jesus would have still died to save you. Somebody ought to praise God. Thus, every human being has value because they are a purchased prized possession. Value, your value is not based on your credit score. Somebody got, got released right there because you be, you know, we get depressed and we get overwhelmed. Come on. But, 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 but your value is not based on transunion. Come on, somebody. Your value is not based on Equifax. I'm setting you free right now. Your value is not based on your bank account in savings or in your checking. Your value is not based on your retirement or your 403B and your assets. Your, retire, your, your, your value is not based on your home value uh, or, 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 or the, the value of your your, your, your estate. Uh, it's not based on your title. You don't need a title to have value. Your value isn't based on your last name or, 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 or the, the school you went to or the college that you graduated from. Your value is based on, on, on 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, uh, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Here's what it says here. For you were bought at a, what everybody, come on, at a price. What was that price? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are valued because God purchased you with his own blood. You were Bought. Not only did he create you, but he redeemed you, whether you believe or not. I know I'm going to get into some trouble here, but I want to break down the gospel for about, can y'all give me five minutes to just do a gospel praise break right, right about now. Whether you believe it or not, whether you accept the death of Christ for your wages of sin or not, Jesus has already bought you with his blood. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. While we were yet sinners, Paul says, Christ died for us. He died for the ungodly. Uh, you didn't get right, and then he decided to purchase you. No, you were already, when you, when you woke up this morning, when you were born into your mother's room, he had already paid for your death penalty on Calvary. Mm-mm-mm. No one that is lost will be lost because Jesus didn't already die for their sins. Woo! They will be lost, don't miss this, because of their rejection of the forgiveness of their sins that Christ offered. Well, pastor, what are you talking about? I want, real quick, like I said, give me five minutes to, to, to preach the gospel. Y'all give me five minutes to preach the gospel. Here it is, John. Go to the book of John. You in Luke, John chapter three, verse 16. Everybody knows this verse, right? For God so what everybody? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, and a lot of times we use that, that condition, shall not perish, but not have everlasting life. So, so of course, to gain eternal, you, you, you must believe, but it's not that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the world. So when Jesus dies and he says, Father, forgive them, Ellen White says she wasn't just talking about uh, he wasn't just talking about the Roman soldiers. 
that were crucified. He was saying, Father, forgive them, forgive the world, forgive us, because we don't know what we do. Well, 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 well how do I know that, 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 that I'm still valuable uh, in his sight uh, even before I accept or reject? Because the rest of the, a lot of times we stop at verse 16, but here's what verse 17 says. For God, verse 17, don't miss this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Verse 19 is a kicker. And this is the condemnation. So we want to know how we're condemned, right? And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness, here it is, rather than light because their deeds were evil. So the, the, the kicker is, you know, Jesus dies for all, for God so loved the world, but men have decided, men and women, mankind, that they want to reject the, the, how God values them uh, and they love darkness rather than what everybody, rather than light. Therefore, every person is still of equal value to God, purchased by God, but, but, but people have the, 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 they have the option, they have the choice to reject the gift of God. Come on, every person, regardless of where they've been or what they've done, or even what they are doing now is valuable to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because he has purchased you with his precious blood. Somebody ought to say amen. So the coin, the coin is valued by the owner. And based on what we read, she does everything possible to look for this coin. Woo! She, 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 and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get to, 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 to how she's searching in a little while. But, but the second point, the coin is valued by the owner, praise God. But the second point that I don't want you to miss, number two, the coin is in danger of being overlooked. Don't miss this. The coin, because the coin is still in the house, the coin is in danger of being overlooked. See, unlike the sheep that the shepherd and the other sheep knew was gone, and she was gone. They turned around, that she was gone, out the pen. And, and unlike the boy, who of course we understand, he, you know, he was, he was, he was, he was, as the kids would say, low-key disrespectful, you know, uh, because his father wasn't dead yet, he wanted his inheritance. It is clear that you can't overlook those two, two elements. You got 99, you got one, that that's the fold is not complete. You got two sons and one is gone. It is obvious that somebody's missing. But, but, but the coin is in danger, watch this, of never being found based on the attitude of the owner. This coin is in danger of never being found. This coin could be overlooked. It's in danger of being overlooked. There's a danger of the sin of what I call complacency that could have caused a woman to think, well, it's still here, so I'm going to be all right. It's still here. I know it's enough. I know I brought all 10 home. But, 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 and it's still here. But, you know, I, I, I'll find it. I'll find it tomorrow. I, I'll look for it next week. You know, it'll, it'll, it'll pop up somewhere. 
you know, it, it might have fallen between the couch or, you know, whatever, you know, it'll, 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 this coin. Now, now, if you if you think about yourself being the coin, this coin is in danger of never being found. Woo. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Just because it's in the house doesn't mean that it should not be searched for and labored for and sought after. All right. The fact that it became out of view caused alarm for the woman and was an unacceptable condition for her. Come on, let's 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 bring that thing into in in in, in, in into our real world now. Be, be, be our children, our youth, our young adults, even some of our older members, we must be intentional about making sure that they are found. We have to be intentional about them being saved and exhaust every opportunity for them to develop a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Them being in the chat, them being on Facebook, them being uh, at the virtual service, them being in the building, that is not enough because you can be in the building and still be lost. Come on, fourth generation, seventh day Adventist, right here. Both sides of the family, right here. Son of a preacher, uh, uh, nephew of a preacher, uh, nephew of, of, of actually many preachers. Uh, that, listen, man, you could be lost in the house. Come on, I know what I'm talking about. You, you, you could grow up with all the tradition in the world. You could grow up knowing the Ten Commandments. You could grow up not eating pork and you can grow up not drinking. Never drank, praise the Lord. Never smoked, praise the Lord. But listen, but, but you could have all of that and still be lost in the house until you develop your own personal saving relationship with a man named Jesus. Oh, come on, come on. I'll I, I give you my testimony at another time. But, but I can tell you that you can go through the motions. You can even be playing in church and, and, and got a singing group in college. You can have all of that uh, and be going through the motions until one day Jesus knocked me off of my proverbial horse. Come on. And, and, so, and so I'm a living witness that, that, that don't stop going after and don't stop being intentional about reaching your own members for Jesus who could be in the house, but lost. And that's why the church develops multiple ways of connecting our people with Jesus. There's something called Sabbath school. Y'all ever heard of something called Sabbath school? <laughs> Y'all ever, Sabbath school, where the church is that study, where you can ask questions and you can pound stuff out and you can get to know Jesus uh, in an intimate way as, as others share what Jesus has done in their life. Y'all ever heard something called prayer meeting? Come on, y'all. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, there's a vacation Bible school. All, all of these things God has prepared uh, and allowed for us. Uh, you know, even as a conference, you know, we have something called, we, 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 we do youth congress. You know, when we bring in our young people, we bring in speakers and, and we have workshops so, so our young people can not only learn to be like Christ, but learn to be disciples of Christ, sharing what they know, sharing their experience. We even have something called church school. Don't get me started. St. Louis Unified, right there in St. Louis, right there, uh, located at 9001 Lucas and Hunt. Come on. You know, that's that's where that's where my girls were, man. That's where Nicholas was when he came, and it was 
way down off day off a page. Y'all remember that? Come on, my St. Louis family. We used to drive from Florissant all the way down uh, off a of page, man. And, and Nicholas graduated eighth grade from St. Louis Unified. And then my girls, you know, coming up with, well, you know, with, with, with Sister Carla right there, man, and, and all the other teachers that they had. And, and let me tell you, let me tell you this. God has provided these things, including Christian education, which, which, which the servant of the Lord says, uh, the, the work of redemption and education are one. So, 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 so when you, when you make that investment, I know it ain't free and it sure enough ain't cheap, uh, but when you make that investment, you are telling God that, that you want him to search the house. Yeah. We want to baptize folk on the outside. We want to bring new people to Christ, but there are times when we got to lock in and make sure that the people on the books, the members in E Adventist, the members on the roll are saved by the blood of Jesus. Come on. They're not just, they're not just knowledgeable seventh day. They're not seventh day Adventists by, by, by head knowledge, but they're seventh day Adventist Christians because of relationship with Jesus. And so this coin is in danger of being overlooked, but 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 we gotta be intentional. Come on, y'all. Here, here's what child guidance. Child guidance, page two fifteen. It's a little bit. It's a, it's a lengthy quote, but but I want you to get a feel of 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 the intentionality that we need to have, right? So here it is. Here's what here's what a servant of the Lord said. Child guidance, page two fifteen. She says, "Children imitate parents." Woo -hoo -hoo. Oh Lord, parents out there, come on, parents. Let's let's fess up. Children imitate parents. Hence, great care should be taken to give them correct models. Don't be talking about your, your kids supposed to do such and such, but you not doing such and such. Hello? Parents who are kind and polite at home, while at the same time they are firm and decided, will see the same traits manifested in their children. So, so it doesn't say that parents need to be pushovers, but it says you ought to have a spirit of kindness and be polite while you are still being firm and decided. Here's what she goes on to say. If they are upright, honest, and honorable, their children will be quite likely to resemble them in these particulars. If they reverence and worship God, their children trained in the same way will not forget to serve him also. Woo! Man, I'm gonna tell you one, one thing. I even if even when I try to do what I wanted to do, I could never blame it on my parents. Hello. They, 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 I had nothing to go on, but man, this is just me trying to do what, what I want to do. Because I had parents who were firm, they were very decided. You know, back in the day, discipline wasn't just standing in the corner. Come on, some of y'all get that when you're eating dinner. This, this discipline wasn't just going to your room. Like, what, what kind of punishment is that? You know, so I had firm and decided. I knew what a belt was. Come on, somebody. They were firm and decided, but they also were kind and they were polite. They, they, they knew how to get the point across without being angry. And, 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 and so as parents now, uh, we have an obligation to model what it means to be like Christ. Come on, say amen. So again, so again, the lost coin is in danger of being overlooked because unlike the sheep that is visibly gone and the son who is visibly gone, the coin 
is in the house. As a matter of fact, she knows it's in the house. She doesn't look outside for the coin. She doesn't go back to the job or back to the supermarket or back to the grocery store or back to Walmart to say, I'm out of drugs. No, she knows it's in the house, but it's lost in the house. And this brings us to reality number three. Because the coin is valued by the woman and because she makes a conscious decision to not overlook its lostness and she resists the urge to be complacent, that spirit of complacency, you know, you could have a packed out house, you could have high worship, you have a good choir, praise team, everybody want to come to your church, but, but you can be complacent about your people knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But she makes a conscious decision. She will not overlook its lostness. She resists the urge to be complacent. The woman then goes into what I call full salvation mode. Some of you might call it beast mode. Beast mode coming from, from, from Marshawn Lynch, running back from the Seattle uh, Seahawks. They would say that when they got close to the goal line, so you're about to score a touchdown, or they got within that 10-yard line. So now it's first and goal or second and goal or third and goal. Uh, Marshawn Lynch had a knack for the end zone. Some of the some of the, the, the football people out there understand what I'm talking about. If you gave him the ball, if you gave him the ball and he went into what we call beast mode, it meant that there was nothing that was going to prevent him from getting in the end zone. I mean, he was strong. His legs are sick. Uh, and, and even if he got hit, his, the, the, his willpower and strength allowed for him, no matter who was hitting him, unless you were going to take him completely out, he was going to get into the end zone. And, 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 and point number three is this right here. The woman made up her mind that the coin must be recovered at all costs. At all costs. Woo! At all costs. Boy, if, I, if, you, if you got some people at home with you, you could turn to them right now and say, at all costs. At all costs. Beast mode. She light, the Bible says she lights a lamp that requires the usage of oil. So she wasn't just flipping the switch. She, she had to put some oil in that lamp. You know, this is, this is costing her something. She, she, oil wasn't cheap. It was a cheap commodity at that time. There's a whole lot of parables and stories about oil and lamps. You got to go buy that thing, right? So, so, so she's she's she, she she's spending her her money. She's she's utilizing the oil that she has. She lights the lamp first thing she does. The burning of the lamp comes with some sacrifice, but that's okay because the objective is to recover the lost coin at what at all costs. She sweeps the house. Come on now. She sweeps the house, unlike your house. You got some of y'all got them nice homes. You got the hardwood floors and some of y'all got them tiles and you know, some of y'all got that nice plush carpet. You just pull out the vacuum cleaner or the little, the little robot cleaner now. You can, you can set that thing and the robot just goes and, and cleans, vacuums the whole house. Unlike these kind of homes that we live in, Near Eastern homes at that time frequently had no windows, some of the poorer ones, and only earthen floors, making the search for a single coin even more difficult. 
So now she's sweeping. The Bible says she was sweeping. She's sweeping a, a earthen or a dirt floor. It, it's getting a little rough because you know how dirt is. Dust kind of covers up, you know, items, you know, especially if you're looking at pennies or, or, or quarters or dimes or nickels. You know, if it's a coin, and the Bible says it wasn't a wasn't wasn't paper currency, so it was a coin, you can sweep over it. So she has to diligently sweep. So I call it she's sweeping and she's sifting the dirt. She's looking for a coin in a dirt floor house with no exterior light. This must have been tedious. However, she is driven to recover the coin at all costs. She's now sweating. She's dirty. She's got dirt in her fingernails as she sweeps and as she scrapes. Not only does she light a lamp, not only does she sweep the house, but the Bible says she searches carefully. She searches how everybody? Carefully. Now, now some of y'all have some, some, some beautiful kids at your house. And, and there are times when you ask your children to to go bring you something. You know, back in the old days, I used to hear this, that, that people or kids were the remote. Y'all ever heard this one? So, so when, when, when mom or dad or, or grandma or grandpa wanted to change the channel, they sent the kids because you didn't have any remotes, right? So the kids were the remote. Well, even today, some, some parents who, who I dare say may be a tad lazy, you know, uh, when, when, you know, when you can't find the remote, I'm talking about an actual electronic device. You know, you're looking for the you're looking for the remote. You might send your kids upstairs. Let's say you're in the basement, man. You're watching. You're trying to watch something. You're trying to turn on the television. You know, you don't want to go. You know, looking for something. You say, hey, hey, who's got a remote? Where's the remote? And you send your kids. So the kids will will run will run upstairs or run down wherever the TV is, and and they say, and then they run back to their room. Uh, I don't see it, Dad. I don't see it, Mom. And, and, and then you ask the question, well, well, did you look for it? And you send them back up. Go, go find me the remote. And they go back up. They come back down and, and, and no remote, right? And you're like, well, you know, well, how did you search for it? Well, I looked on the couch and I looked, I looked on, the, on the nightstand or I, I looked on the table, the, the, the centerpiece, the center table. I looked, you know, well, well, well son or daughter, did, 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 you, did you search for the, for the remote? Yeah, I looked for it. I didn't see it. Well, 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 well parents, parents know where I'm going. Well, well did, you, did, did you lift up the, 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 the cushion? Did you look under the couch? And some of y'all got, you know, we got these old couches, something that if something go in there, and if it's got a tear in it, the, the remote could actually go down inside of the couch. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all got all these nice plush wiggles. So, 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 so if your child does a, a, a deeper search, you'll find a remote. But if they do a more cursory search, you know, if they don't move anything, come on, come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Did you lift something? Did you move something? Did you pull up something? Did you, did, did you pull apart something? I mean, just not, come on. I praise God today that the woman doesn't do a search like some of our kids. Come on. Okay, that coin would still be lost. Come on, y'all see where I'm going. Y'all see where I'm going now. You know, I'm so glad today that God the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost don't do them kind of searches. 
Because if he had done those kind of searches, some of us wouldn't be here today. Come on, don't tap your neighbor. Just look straight at the camera. Don't look at your husband, your wife, or your kids. Just, just keep it right here. If God had done one of those flyover drone type searches, you may not be here listening to this word right now. You may not be in the land of, 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 of the saved and you may not be filled with the Holy Spirit. If he didn't look, come looking for you, if he didn't move away some of the dirt and some of the junk and some of the stuff that was around your life and come looking and sleeping and lighting that lamp to find you, some of us would not be here today. And I praise God today that God doesn't search the way we search. He doesn't look the way we look. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, for 10 says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. The son of man, Jesus himself, he came to seek and to save. A lot of times we want to jump to the save. Praise God for salvation. Praise God for the cross. Praise God that he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But he didn't just come to save. He came to seek and to save. What does it mean to seek? That means he had to go where nobody had gone before. Come on, my, 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 my tricky fans. Uh, he had to go where no man had ever gone before. He had to go into the clubs and he had to go uh, on the street corner. Uh, he had to go and talk and hang with people who everybody said couldn't make it. Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost. Aren't you glad today that Jesus doesn't search for stuff the way we search for stuff? Aren't you glad literally that he looked beyond our faults. I'm talking about a Jesus who knows how to seek. Uh, uh, he looked beyond our faults. He didn't let our faults prevent him from coming in a little closer and going a little deeper. He looked beyond my fault and he saw my need. <laughs> Aren't you glad that even in the times that you weren't looking for him, whoo, you weren't seeking him. He was pursuing you, hello, and looking for you. Verse 9 and 10, as we get ready to wrap this thing up, Jesus says, Jesus says, when she has found it, hello, she, she, she calls for friends and neighbors together, saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents for every child for every woman, for every man, for every young person that says, I love Jesus, for every individual who presses the altar, whether they're a member or whether or on the books for, for, for 50 days or 50 years or a non-member, for anybody who says, I have decided to follow Jesus. The Bible says there should be genuine excitement and celebration in the house. A lot of times we want to we want to look for big numbers. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we want to look for people who, who are not a part of the body of Christ. But let me tell you, when that appeal goes out and that young person that may have been baptized when they were eight or 10 or 12 or that adult who you see their, their tears in their eyes and 
and they're having an encounter with Jesus. You don't know if they're now being saved for the first time. You don't know that. You can't assume because they were on the road that they were on the roll in heaven. And so the Bible says for every, for every individual that decides, I've decided to make Jesus my choice and I have fallen in love with Jesus. The Bible says that there's a celebration, there is joy. In fact, the Bible says that she goes and tells her neighbors. Well, you know, I, I was kind of wondering about that thing because based on, on what I'm reading, it never said that the neighbors knew that she had lost her coin. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. The, the Bible never says that she told the neighbors that, that man, I done lost, I done lost a day's wage, man. I done lost $96, $12 an hour, eight, eight, eight hours a day. I, I done lost this drop. I done, you know, can y'all pray for me? The Bible never says that she tells people about the lostness of the coin. But the Bible does say that when she finds the coin, come on, that that that, that when she when, when her work, her diligence pays off, and now she is made whole. The Bible says that she calls for a celebration. She has a Holy Ghost party to celebrate what they may not have even known that the coin was lost, but now it's found. This celebration is also not limited to our church house, but even in our heavenly home, the Bible says there is joy uh, and there is rejoicing on the finding of this lost coin. Here's what, here's how the Amplified Version writes it. You know, sometimes you got to use a different version because it hits you in a different way. So here's what Luke 15, 10 says in the Amplified Version. It says this, even so, I tell you, this is Jesus talking. There is joy among and in the presence of the who, everybody? The angels of God. Can I stop right there? Thank you, Andre. Andre is our, our IT brother. He's keeping it uh, right there on your screen. Leave that thing right there. The, the, the Bible says, Jesus says, not only does the woman call the neighbors. Come on, y'all. She, she called all her friends around the corner on the block. Uh, they come in. They have a party. Jesus says, trying to make this thing about salvation real, that in the very presence of the unfallen angels of God, there is joy, there is celebration over one especially wicked person who repents. What does that mean to repent? Changes his mind for the better, heartily amending his ways with abhorrence of past sins. And, and that goes for anybody, whether you are a member or not member, when somebody gets it, come on, when so, when the light goes off, when they see Jesus and him crucified as one who came to seek them, we didn't deserve it, you didn't deserve it, you didn't earn it, but he died, and while he was dying, saying uh, to the thief, I will remember you when I come. He is telling us, I will remember you when I come. If you see me and accept me as your Lord and Savior, Jesus says that there is celebration in a perfect heaven when one somebody, one somebody. See, so a lot of times we're looking at numbers. We're looking at all these evangelists who baptized. You know, you see a hundred people coming. And you don't know in those numbers who is who is converted and who is not. We make a lot of assumptions. But but I'm so glad 
that that Jesus Jesus makes the narrative where it's he doesn't see a whole number he sees a person Woo. and when one person repents turns from their wicked ways the Bible says that there's joy in heaven uh, uh, the, 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 end, the New King James Version if you go back to, to Luke chapter 15 and verse 7 Luke chapter 15 and verse 7 talking about the, the celebration uh, of the lost sheep that came home Luke 15 7 the Bible says uh, and, and I'm leaving out the first part it says more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Keep, keep it right there, Andre. Keep it right there. Don't, don't miss this. It's not saying that the 99 who don't need repentance, that's not a blessing. It's not saying that's not a blessing. That's good. The 99 just, they, they know Jesus. They're good. But the Bible says, in matter of fact, I'm going to read the whole verse, Luke 15, 7. It says, I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. More joy. So when that one person sees Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the Bible says more, there is more excitement when people come to him. When people are found than those who, who've been found and those who've been saved. You, 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 the coins. You, the coins, are all of equal value to God. Praise the Lord, you will never be overlooked by him. Why? Because John in Revelation describes Jesus as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Then the word on the street was that we, the lost coins, must be recovered at all costs. We must be recovered. Thus, the plan of salvation was placed into full effect. Therefore, even as we seek and save the lost on the outside, even though we want to save those who are on the apartment complexes around Tabernacle of Praise and up there in Spanish Lake and Florissant and Hazelwood and North County, St. Louis City, wherever you're watching from around this nation or around the world, even as you are brightening the corner, I love this phrase, I say it all the time, even as you are brightening the corner where you are, even as you are throwing out the lifeline so that many may, 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 may hear this gospel, and, 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 and give their hearts to, 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 to Jesus. Never forget that there may be people right around in your own house who are lost. And, and, and the same diligence that we give to those outside, we need to do for those on the inside. Therefore, even as we seek and save the lost outside, let's also recognize that there may be some lost coins, there may be some lost coins in the house that we must as diligently seek after and intercede for them to be saved. I wanna close out with a, with a couple of appeals today. The first appeal is, 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 is for those of you who may be among the 99 or you thought you were among the 99. 
you 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 thought you were safe because you were in the pen. You were you were you were on the books. But 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 as you've been listening today, you 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 recognize that you may have been going through the motions. You may have been doing what you've always done. You may have grown up in this thing. You you know the, the Sabbath doesn't phase you because you've always known that that it was the seventh day of the week and and, and some of the beliefs, um, some of your practices, you just you just done and, and you know it's right. I mean, you know, theologically, you you were, you were good. You, you feel like you were okay, but Jesus Himself is not somebody that you walk and you talk with. He he's not someone that you have a relate. You don't talk to him as a friend. You know, and 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 today you want to say, Lord, thank you that before I fully repented, you had already paid for me. That's how valuable you are to him. And, and, and somebody today wants to say, you know, I, I, I thank you, Lord, for, for, not, for not giving up that search on me. Thank you for, for this word. Thank you for, for reminding me that you came to search for me. He, he, he leaves heaven. The songwriter says it. He came from heaven to earth, he left heaven. Bible uses the term, he condescended. He placed himself in the form of a servant. He was scorned, he was ridiculed. They spat in his face, come on y'all. They spat in his face. He, he, he subjected himself to cruelty and punishment because he was seeking, not just saving, but he was seeking the law. Today, you want to say, Lord, thank you. If that's you, you want to do a like in the, in the on Facebook or you want, to, you, want to, you want to raise your hand in the, in the chat or, or you, want to, you want to raise your hand right where you are and say, thank you, Lord, for coming after me today. And, and you want to surrender your heart. You, you, want to, you, you want to make sure that you are converted. You may have been in the house, but you were lost in that. And, and then the next appeal is for somebody who, you never really surrendered. You never fully surrendered. You never had that moment where you, where you got up out of your seat and, and walked down the aisle and said, Lord, I surrender. Or maybe, maybe you did it and you were going through the motions because you had pressure from the evangelist or maybe from a family member who was kind of, you know, some fine family members, we, sometimes we nudge our, you gonna go today, you nudge your family member or maybe a parent who nudged their, maybe you were that son or that daughter you know, and there was an expectation for you to do something, you know, because you now had turned, uh, you became a teenager and it was just automatic. They, they thought you should do it. But today you are saying, man, you, you, you want to acknowledge that if Jesus were to come today, he wouldn't know me as his son or his daughter. And that's real. That's real. And you want to say, today, I hear his voice, and I will not harden my heart. I'm going to surrender my life. I'm going to give him my heart. I'm going to give him my all. If you're that lost coin today, why don't you write your name down in, in the chat or, or write your number down. Let, let, let the elders, let, let, let the, the, the leaders at Tabernacle of Praise reach out to you. And if, and if you're not watching from, from, from St. Louis or you're not watching from as a Tabernacle of Praise family member and from somewhere else, if you just put your name in that chat anyway, and, and, and I will find the closest pastor 
and the closest church to wherever you are so that you can physically connect with somebody, not in the virtual space. Let me tell you, this virtual thing, as much as I appreciate being everywhere at the same time and being able to share, it, it can't replace the personal touch. And that's why Jesus did it. Jesus didn't just speak from the lofty hills of, 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 of Galilee or from the temple in Palestine and from the, from the pulpit of the synagogue. He literally went to the people. And so we, we, we will have people who will reach out to you personally and intimately. You know, they may have their mask covered and they may have gloves on or whatever social distance and practice, but, but you'll get that call. And so write your number, write your name, write your number, you know, in the chat so that somebody can find you. You may be that lost coin. And here's the good news. Even if you respond virtually, there's joy in heaven. Come on. Even if, even if you put your hand up, you put your name down, you know, even though you don't see us around you, we are celebrating with you. And, and, and more than that, the angels of heaven today are rejoicing because a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter has been, that lost coin has been found. And we praise God for that celebration. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for the today for the reminder, Lord, that, that we should not be complacent. We should not make assumptions that because somebody is around the house or somebody is in the house, that they are found. They could be lost in the house, but praise God together. We can be lost and we can be found in the house. Hallelujah. It is not over. It is, uh, we don't have to be hopeless today even if we are in the house and even if we've been going through the motions, praise God today that Jesus still knows how to seek and save those who are in the house. So thank you today for the reminder that we can be lost and we can be found in the house. Thank you, Lord, for those who have put their names down, who have raised their hands, those who have decided that they will renew their commitment and those who are making a new commitment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And we thank you, Lord, that we can join with the angels in heaven, celebrate with them because somebody has been found. A coin has been found. A child of God has been found. And we will be careful not to take any credit to ourselves, but we will always give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen again. Put your hands together and praise God that he finds us even if we're in the house, he still knows how to find us. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a powerful message, Pastor. Lost and found in the house. I'm so glad for God's amazing grace that he didn't just leave me out there, but he went into beast mode and came to this sin dark world to save a wretch like me. And with that good news, we have to testify. We just can't keep it to ourselves. We had to go out and tell our neighbors and friends to seek and to save that which was lost. We had to follow God's example. So thank you, Pastor, for just giving us that inspiring message today, that hope of good news uh, today that we need it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Saints, we just have a couple of announcements. Uh, our training for discipleship class has been canceled for this evening, but we'll pick it up next week. Elder Carol will pick it up next week at 2.30. Uh, on Sunday, we've started a uh, Walter Pearson uh, tribute to him, the evangelistic series, Experience the Power. 
So that'll be this Sunday at 6.30. You can get it on, on any of our uh, web pages, top sites. Uh, so we want to tune in on that. And some have been asking, um, they didn't see the way that they can give their tithing offerings today on the Cash App. So we just want to give that information, the dollar sign, T-O-P giving. And that will be very easy to do. T-O-P, dollar sign, T-O-P giving. So once again, we just want to encourage the saints to be faithful. We'll see you on Wednesday night for our power hour. Make sure that you tell somebody about the good news, the salvation. We need power to make it over the hump day. Amen. There it is. Dollar sign cash app, uh, top giving. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so with that being said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. And we will see you next week. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, family.